Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn at GoLong at GoLongTD.com. Thank you, first of all, so much for listening to our podcast here on Apple, Spotify, wherever, however you listen to our podcast. It means a great deal to Jim and myself. Be sure to rate and review. Let us know. How much you like the podcast? Leave five stars if you'd like. Uh, that's how we can keep this thing growing. Share with a friend. Uh, and we're going to keep telling stories that hopefully you can't get anywhere else. That's always the goal with the podcast, with the newsletter. Just try to take you behind that curtain. So I just thought for this episode, we'd share one of our Zoom happy hours that we do for subscribers over at GoLong. Um, if you subscribe, be sure to check your email, check the website for future guests. And if you don't, this is what you get when you subscribe. You can hang out with people from around the game. Uh, we just love shooting the bull, hearing stories that you're not going to get on the national airwaves. You're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, Steve Calhoun, as you'll find out, he was just awesome. I, I thought it'd be really interesting just to get that Jordan Love perspective on this whole Aaron Rodgers saga. You know, he's kind of caught in the middle of everything. I'm um, just waiting to see if he's going to be uh, starting for Green Bay a little sooner than everybody thought. And, and we got a sense for what's going through his mind and, and got a really good sense for his quarterbacking style from Steve. Uh, he's his personal quarterbacks coach. He's actually known Jordan Love for a long, long time, um, back to ninth grade. He really was a mentor for Jordan uh, when he, Jordan went through some tragedy in his life, as you'll find out. So, yep, this is our happy hour. It's, it's kind of rapid fire. A lot of subscribers are asking a lot of questions, so a little different than what you're used to on this podcast. But we hope you enjoy. Hope you give us a shot and subscribe. You can do so at golongtd.com, seven bucks a month. 70 bucks a year. And I want to hear from you. Let me know who you want to hang out with on these happy hours. It's a real community over there. And I want you to be a part of it every possible way that we can think of. So without further ado, here is Steve Calhoun of Armed and Dangerous Football, hanging out with GoLong subscribers on the happy hour last week. Better at it. Oh my gosh. Oh, you're good. You're good. No, it's that was uh, much smoother than some past uh, introductions <laughs> that we, we've had with folks. I mean, because I know I sent you the link, but sometimes it's easier with that ID. So, man, thank, thanks for yeah. finding us, Steve. It, it really means yeah. a lot. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem at all. This is this is just fantastic to have you. We've got a ton of Packer fans in here, and awesome. I mean, uh, I'm sure a lot of them, you know, read your, your comments in our story. But for those who don't know, Steve Calhoun, he's the uh, 
he's the Jedi master out there in California working with Jordan Love, you know, getting sure. the, the Green Bay Packers 2021 20, starting quarterback ready to go. I'll say it. Steve, it's all right. Uh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm going to let you say that, Tyler. <laughs> you guys know where I stand. I say that they should just move forward, man. It's a new day. It's a new day. But um, anyways, it's just it was awesome talking to you, Steve, and really get a sense for – you know, what you're doing with Jordan day in and day oh. out. It's, it's, it's so cool. And um, yeah, just, if you, if you can just introduce yourself to these folks and, and how you connected with Jordan and, and what you do and you sure. just kind of make it a free flowing conversation. So anybody can just speak up at, at any time, really. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm Steve Calhoun. Um, I run armed and dangerous football. We, uh, my company, we train quarterbacks and receivers. So I've been, I've had my company now for 15 years and the way I actually connected with Jordan love was, I was training uh, Cody Kessler, um, who played at USC, and he's uh, he's from out of Bakersfield as well, and he played for Coach Nixon at Centennial High School, who uh, Coach Nixon later went on to uh, start coaching at Liberty High School, where he uh, ended up calling me and said, hey, I have a I have an incoming freshman that's really, really good named Jordan Love that I want you to work with. Um, um, that, you know, the first thing is, you know, Coach Nixon, I appreciate him believing in what, you know, my ability to train his quarterbacks. And, you know, after uh, Cody Kessler had his success, you know, he was there, you know, called me, called me up and wanted me to work with Jordan. So that was my first introduction uh, to Jordan Love his freshman year um, at Liberty High School. And we just built that relationship and just kept working, you know, through our high school career and through uh, his time at Utah State and on to, you know, his pre-draft stuff last year. And, yeah, and now we are here today, you know, on the Zoom call. <laughs> and and I, I think you said you throw on Wednesdays and Fridays, so were you just out there with them today working on stuff? Well, we actually threw um, Monday and Wednesday because he's actually going to spend some time with his uh, his mom and his sister down in uh, San Diego because he's leaving to uh, back to Green Bay on Sunday. So, yeah. And And – what's possibly going through his, his mind right now. I mean, it's, everybody's just kind of waiting on bated breath. I can't imagine being Jordan Love in, in the middle of this madness at the moment. Well, you know, he's, he's done a great job of, of just blocking out the noise. Like, you know, like we talked about in the, in the, in our interview or when we had, when you had the chance to interview me, he's just blocking out the noise and, and controlling what he can control. But I know he's excited to uh, get back to camp and just be around the guys and, that's kind of where um, everybody's on the same page. You know, nobody's listening to the, you know, to the to the media and, and the comments and the TV and stuff. You can just really be around your guys and um, and just focus on, you know, trying to become a better Jordan Love and a better Green Bay Packer, a better teammate, and and uh, start to, you know, get the confidence from the coaches um, that uh, that I know he wants to uh, to show. Um, it was it was a tough year. I mean, you know, being coming out, you know, during COVID, not having any, you know, making uh, many rookie camps, that would have been great for him to be able to just learn the offense a little bit more. But okay, COVID's here, um, no preseason, no mini camps, none of that stuff. Okay, we got to get all our starters ready to go, so you're not going to get any reps with the ones or the twos or anything like that. So it was a tough year. Um, not only for Jordan, but I know a lot of the rookies that came out. So I know he's looking forward to kind of getting back to our regular uh, routine um, of going to, you know, OTAs and, and being around the guys. And, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. whoever whoever just wants to uh, fire away, man, he's 
Steve's an open book, which is awesome. Yeah. Hey, I had a uh, question. So you mentioned that, um, like, like you said, Jordan was kind of the third string quarterback for most of the last year. Mm-hmm. Had to deal with COVID coming out as mm-hmm. kind of a third stringer, um, you know, possibly working with the scout team, taking third team reps. Mm-hmm. What, in general, what can a young quarterback learn from doing something like that? And how have you seen Jordan improve from uh, year one to year two? Well, I mean, the the first thing is um, you get a chance to learn the speed of the game, um, you know, because you're going against the, the number one defense, you know, being a scout team quarterback. Um, definitely that, but he really didn't get a chance to get a handle on the offense because you're running everybody else's offense from, you know, the next 16 weeks or 17 weeks, whoever you're going to be playing. So um, he really was kind of um, didn't get a chance to, to – get a lot of knowledge. I mean, yes, you got a chance to sit in the meetings and be around, you know, um, um, you know, Boyle and, and, and uh, A-Rod, you know, to, you know, learn the game plan and all that stuff. But, you know, as a young quarterback, just getting into the NFL and you, you want to be able to absorb that new playbook, but, you know, with, you got to, you got to service, you got to, you got to be that good teammate and okay, I'm scout team quarterback this week and, 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 uh, you know, give the best look to our defense that he can possibly, you know, gifts. So um, it was a little bit of a, you know, slow learning process, but, you know, as soon as the season was over, you know, we came back and um, he just dived in head first to the playbook and, you know, was, you know, talking to, you know, had meetings with the quarterback coach and coach LaFleur, um, if not every day, every other day, um, just trying to get up to speed to, okay, now we're going to be on a regular schedule where, you know, I'm not going to be that scout team quarterback. I'm going to be definitely a two and, and, and be a great backup to, to Aaron and, and learn the offense and be ready to go if my number's called. And, and that's a great question because, I I mean, it kind of pisses me off when people are writing off Jordan Love already, and it's like he didn't even have a chance to be himself in practice. Like, we didn't see him in preseason. Obviously, we didn't see him in the regular season at all. But, like, in, in practice, players were telling me, like, they – he never had a chance to even be himself. Like he's pretending right. to be other quarterbacks all year. I mean, it's Absolutely. that's tough. Yeah. Hey, Steve. I uh, I have a question for you, and sure. I don't know if Tyler told you this, uh, but we had uh, Lamar Jackson's coach on for one of these as well, and I asked okay. I asked him this same question, but I'm curious to hear your perspective because. With Lamar, Lamar's the starter, mm-hmm. and with Jordan, he was he was inactive every week. What's your relationship with him like during the season? Um, I mean, we we probably talk uh, every couple of weeks. It's not um, not an everyday type thing. It's not an every week type thing. It's more, hey, how you doing? How's it going in Green Bay? How's practice? Um, th- those type things. You know, nothing where um, I'm trying to be an extra coach. You know, for Green Bay and help him out, anything like that. Um, if he did ask me that, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be here for him. But it was—it's just more, just hey, how you doing mentally? I know it's—it's um, it's tough being uh, going from a starter, you know, playing every down, you know, at Utah State, and then okay, now I'm in a—I'm in a, a scout team role, you know, which he you know probably had to do maybe you know, four, five years ago when he, you know, just arrived at Utah State. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talked every couple of couple of weeks, if that, and just, just checking on just, just how you doing, just being more of a uh, big brother type 
uh, person and not really a coach. So. What kind of quarterback, I mean, like, so he, he is the real, you know, beautiful mystery here because a lot, a lot of people just ha- haven't seen the be- the best of him at this level. Mm-hmm. But you see him day in and day out. What, what is that special trait um, inside Jordan Love as a quarterback that you think we will see eventually? You know, Jordan's um, Jordan is a little bit of a, like a, but, you know, it's kind of a catchphrase, like a quiet assassin type deal. He's not going to do a whole lot of talking, but he really works hard at his craft to become, you know, he wants to be a pro bowler. He wants to be, you know, MVP of the league. He wants to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. So, I mean, just, he's really um, um, just taking my program. I mean, I'm a very detailed oriented coach. Uh, I believe like everything matters. Like every, there's nothing that I let Jordan get away with from where his foot placement is, where his arm angle is, where his arm extends and, you know, his reads and how he has to go through his progression, where his eyes and his front shoulder, you know, I talked to him about, you know, I want them to stay connected. So as you go through a full field progression, when you do see something open, your body's already in position to throw the ball that direction. So, I mean, he's really taking that. I mean, and that's something that, you know, we've been working on since uh, the ninth grade. Um, so, I mean, he's he's focused on that. Um, <laughs> there we go. A little background interruption. That's right. Hey, that's that's the that's what's going on. That's 2021. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just a finish of thought. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's an extremely hard worker, and, and he wants to be great, and he's going to do everything um, that you know I ask him to do, and Coach Lafleur and, and everybody anybody else in the Packers organization. So he definitely wants to be great from jumping rope to spending time in a playbook and, and, and watching their film from last year. And, you know, man, you just have a chance to watch one of the best quarterbacks ever to throw a ball around, you know, and Aaron Rodgers, you get to sit there and be, you know, around him every day. And I know, you know, he had talked to me about just sucking up as much information and being a sponge, you know, um, and just learning as much as he possibly can from Aaron. That's awesome. And and Sal, yeah, definitely if um anybody can just shout out to me, I see your hands raised, that's a good way to go about it too. Uh, so fire away, Sal. Um, hi. So I was just wondering a couple things. Um in a, an article that I read, I saw that um Jordan had picked up some habits from Rogers that he had to kind of iron out. And I was wondering kind of what that stuff was. Um and then I was wondering also if you could give us a couple of his strengths. I mean, we haven't seen him play. I'm really looking forward to preseason and especially that Jets game because I'm hoping we'll get, like, a Wilson matchup, and that would be really cool to see. Um, but if you could just, like, kind of let us know what those what those things were that he was picking up that were bad habits and um, what his his real strengths are as a quarterback. Okay. Well, um, you know, when, when you're around Aaron um, every day and you're in practice and you see some of the stuff um, – that he's doing as far as it's, it's unorthodox for me as a quarterback coach to try to teach that. Um, but when you see it every day, I mean, Aaron is, is one of one. Some of the stuff he does, I can't simulate it to try to even try to teach it. Um, so, you know, but, you know, Jordan picked up on some of those things and it's not, it's not a bad habit. It's just, it's not Jordan love. You know what I mean? Um, Jordan was drafted uh, for a reason, um, you know, that, the, you know, the Packers saw some strengths 
uh, that he can do. And I'm going to get into that just in, in just a second. But, you know, you see Aaron making some off-platform throws and, you know, his feet are in the air. Like both feet sometimes are in the air or he's off his front foot or back foot making throws with his arm angled down or coming across his body. And Jordan kind of picked up on some of those things and like, okay, let me try that. Like this guy's going to be a, you know, a first batter Hall of Famer. Let me just try some of those things that, that makes him Aaron Rodgers. So, but, you know, so when he came out here, he, you know, when we started training, he, you know, he did a couple of those things. And I'm just like, hey, wait, 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 hold on, man. Let's, let's, let's go back to our fundamentals. Let's go back to the things that, uh, that got you drafted in the first round. Um, and then to the second question, you know, some of, uh, some of his strengths, you know, are, you know, um, he has really, really good footwork, um, really good footwork. So, I mean, I always have this blueprint of how, um, quarterback should move in the pocket and, and I create drills. I try to create a drill for every possible movement that a quarterback can make. You know, I watch a ton of film and I watch different quarterbacks from Brady and Breeze and, and Rogers and Joe Montana and Troy Aikman. And I just create a bunch of different drills, um, to try to simulate different pressures that Jordan's going to face, um, in Green Bay or in the game. And we work them, we drill them, drill them, drill them and have them become muscle memory. Um, so that's the one thing uh, that Jordan does great. He has great feet and he has great balance. And the one thing I always talk to him about, and he's really, you know, taking it to, to the next level is just jumping rope. Um, I equate jumping uh, or, or yeah, jumping rope is great for, for quarterbacks and I equate uh, quarterbacks to boxers. Um, they both have to be, you know, bouncing in the pocket and at any given moment be able to set their feet, balance up and throw rather throw a ball as a quarterback or throw a right hand as a boxer, you know, but you have to, that comes from balance through the ankles to be able to, you know, hit a target, throwing a ball or hit a target, punching at somebody. So, I mean, he's really taking that to the next level. And, um, and then his, his, his arm strength and his touch, he's able to, you know, be able to drive a 20 yard ball, whether it's a comeback or the sideline or a deep, uh, a deep over, or be able to, you know, feather a ball, over a flat defender and drop it in front of the safety. So, I mean, he really can make all those throws and it really comes through his footwork and the balance, you know, which allows him to be accurate down the field or even making those throws. Man, that was an awesome breakdown. I mean, that, that's what Green Bay had to love. Like just that ability to make every throw. I mean, these are throws that like, that, that's what you're looking for. And in the NFL, like you're going to have to make that throw you just described where you kind of feather it over and it drops in the bucket and, yeah. Some guys either can do it or they can't, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. But, I mean, it takes a lot of work, you know. It's definitely a learned uh, trait. You know, you can't just wake up and roll out of bed and, and do it. You know, guys work really, really hard um, every day, you know, at at those throws. Hey, Steve, I have a question about the – I have a longer question, sort of about the, the mental side of things with, with Jordan Love. You mentioned that, you know, you don't leave – uh, anything untouched or you, you notice all of the different details in his game in the age of social media, uh, the age of different influences in the outside, what sort of things are you telling Jordan? Uh, how are you mentally preparing him? He might have a tremendous opportunity coming up. What sort of things are you, are you telling him to do? Are you telling him to insulate himself from social media? Um, how are you telling him to mentally prepare himself for what he might have an opportunity to do? Um, well, I mean, as far as all the social media, it's, 
it's, you know, he, he's a social media guy. You know, he looks at everything. He's on, on Twitter and he's on Instagram. Um, and he just kind of, the, the negative stuff, he takes it with a grain of salt. Like, okay, you know, I can't win, I can't win every fan over. Um, but I mean, the positive things, I mean, there's been some, a lot of positive things that's come out over the last couple of days. Like, Hey, you know, um, even though we haven't seen you play Jordan, but we still believe in you. They had, they drafted you in the first round for a reason. So if the, if the organization believes in you, then us as fans believe in you as well. So, but, um, definitely just, he, he really, um, the fact that he had some adversity in his life with his father passing away and, and him kind of becoming the man of, of, of the house. And, you know, Anna, Anna, Anna Love's done an unbelievable job raising that, you know, raising him to be a great young man. So, I mean, the, the outside influences or the, the negative things, I mean, he's able to block that out because there's nothing, there's nothing as far as what a fan could say or somebody who doesn't like you could say that can compare with, uh, him losing his father and having to grow up and, and, and do those things. So, I mean, that's easy stuff. Like, Hey, Jordan, you suck. Okay, great. You know what I mean? You know, it kind of goes back to sticks and stones, make, make, break my bones, but words that never hurt me, you know? So with him going through that adversity, growing, growing into the unbelievable man that he's, you know, that he's turned into. So he's really able to block out those things and, and focus on what he has to get done. You know, that whatever coach LaFleur, um, and the Packers are asking him to do. You would have been around him, right? When he lost his dad. I'm trying to think when you guys first I met, met him. him. I met him right after um his father had passed. But um to uh to you know Anna's credit, you know, she told me, okay, there's a couple of men that's gonna be in Jordan's life and I need you guys to take that that male role. Um and it was Coach Nixon and myself. He goes, okay, you guys are going to be around my son a lot. So you guys are going to be those male role models. Um, and I, I took that serious and I'm like, okay, absolutely. Um, so I mean, that, that's, it's an unbelievable thing for her to, to believe in me and believe in Coach Nixon for us to be, you know, and I'm not saying that it was just on me and Coach Nixon to help raise him, but, you know, we were around him a lot and, and for us to, uh, to, to take that, um, uh, what she gave us and, and run with it. And like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And no problem, you know, anything I can instill with him that I learned from my father, I'm going to definitely pass that along, you know, to Jordan and, or everything I've instilled, you know, in my son, um, you know, I have a son who's, he's three is three years older now, uh, than Jordan, you know, he's a defensive back for the Miami dolphins. So he's, um, um, yeah. So just being able to be able to take that and, and, and anything I could do to help Anna along, you know, sometimes she would talk about, you know, coming from a mom, it just wouldn't sink in, but coming from a male, whether it's Coach Nixon or myself would, Hey, Jordan, Hey, I need you to do this. You know, not saying that his mom and, you know, not, Hey, you know, your mom called me and she wants to get this done, that type thing. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, that was really cool. And I, and I took it serious and it was uh it was it was great to be a small piece of his uh, of his life and continue to be a small piece and help him grow into the you know a great young man. Kind of kind of a similar question for you, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, could you give us some insight into Jordan's personality off the field? Um, kind of you know what is he like as as a person and 
how does that change when the helmet shoulder pads come on? You know what? Um, Jordan is a, is a fun loving, happy going guy. I mean, he loves to joke around. Um, and I don't, um, it doesn't change when he's on the, on the field. Um, he's a, he's a connector. Um, that's why I like to call people who have just that, that, uh, that skill to communicate to, to, to his receivers or to his offensive linemen. Really, you know, if they're having a bad day or they miss a block or drop a ball, he's, he's able to, you know, pick those guys up and, and really just be that bright light. Like, okay, if our leader is not hanging his head down in the dump, it must not be that bad. If he's going, Hey, come on, let's go. What's all right. Let's go. Um, that's the way Jordan is, you know, on and off the field, even when, you know, we're out working out with, you know, having, you know, Keenan Allen and, and, and from the charges and Mike Williams from the charges out there catching ball. I mean, it's, it's great. Or him, you know, doing one-on-ones, you know, against my son, you know, my son is, like I said, he's a defensive back and, you know, they're laughing and joking and okay. Hey, I'm about to throw a bomb on you. My son's name is Nick. I'm about to throw a bomb on you, Nick. Hey, stay in your back pedal. You know, that, that, that banter going back and forth. Um, but he's, he's laughing and has a smile on his face, but he is absolutely trying to embarrass you. And uh, I think that's that's the Jordan love that uh, people are going to have an opportunity to see in OTAs and and uh, in preseason. So AJ Dillon was saying that same thing that he just kind of has a presence about him. That I mean, this was like pre-draft they were working out, and he said there was one day everybody was just kind of screwing around, and Jordan right. just walked in and like he, he didn't even remember what he said, but it was like as soon as he started talking, everybody just shut the hell up and paid attention, and it's just that, that's, the, I guess, that it factor. There, there's something to quarterbacks, and, and some guys have it, some guys don't. But uh, I'd imagine that was something that Green Bay probably wanted to figure out. Like, up to the draft, did, did you guys get a sense for how interested uh, the Packers were? I mean, I guess it caught a lot of people by surprise. Did it catch you guys by surprise? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, because I was, I mean, I was pretty much with Jordan through the whole process. I mean, being at the senior bowl, I was there the whole week. You know, he's doing all the interviews and interviewed with so many teams. And then uh, um, just, you know, the, the Zoom calls he was going through and um, just all those things. So you you really don't know who's interested. I don't think anybody's going to show how interested they are. Like, I hear my cards, you know what I mean? Hey, you know, um, that type deal. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, it definitely caught uh, myself by surprise and, you know, I remember being at his house and, um, uh, you know, uh, a, a Wisconsin, you know, Eric code pops up on his phone and he's all, man, and we was like, wow, okay. That was a, that was a really cool night and something I'll never forget. And I was, uh, um, it was, uh, it was awesome to be able to share that with Jordan and, and his family. So yeah, it was, it was a great night. Awesome. reports. Go ahead, Scott. Thanks. So we hear reports. I see sometimes the video going around with uh, a lot of Jordan's interceptions and such for news at Utah State. And so how does training work on something like that? I mean, how do you actually train a young receiver? Because he's admitted, oh, I didn't see that safety coming. I mean, other than, of course, being on the field, how do you train somebody to be able to see the field in a uh, you can't, <laughs> you can't, no, no matter what drill, what simulation, um, I can put, you know, Jordan through, you cannot simulate those live game reps. You, you can't, um, 
So, you, we, you know, me, we as coaches, as, as uh, quarterback coaches or, you know, whatever, um, we try to just do the best, best thing we can to try to simulate the pressures that you're going to get, but you can't simulate a Von Miller coming off the edge or, or, or whoever, you know, blitzing in the A gap. You just cannot simulate that. So we all just have to wait and see, you know, how he handles it. Um, when, uh, you know, come preseason or if he has the opportunity to play in a game, you know, um, and that's when we're going to be able to go, okay, um, all that work he did in the off season, you know, he was prepared for, or it might take, you know, it might take a, a game or two to get that kind of, you know, start to slow the game down um, to really understand how fast the NFL works. Um, practice does not do justice um, of how fast the game is until you're actually down there um, on the sideline and really see how fast those guys are working. Um, it's, it's, we try to work as fast as possible. Um, we try to simulate that game speed in practice, but with the adrenaline and 70,000 fans in the, you know, in the stands, hopefully we have, you know, full stadiums again. Um, you cannot simulate how fast things are moving when you're down there. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see when uh, we'll all see together, hopefully. <laughs> hey, Steve, I had a question just to, to piggyback off of uh, Scott's question, I believe. Can you just talk about from your experience how important, you know, in-game reps early for a rookie quarterback is? Um, you know, recently the trend, and I wrote about Justin Fields recently, that, you know, I believe that he should start in Chicago early rather than sit a year. Um I, I just feel people look at the Chiefs sitting Mahomes for a year and, and, and NFL teams think that that's the way to go. You know, when really not every NFL team has an Alex Smith, you know, you know, playing for a, a playoff caliber team. So could you just talk about, you know, your opinion on why you think in-game reps for a rookie quarterback is super crucial, uh, you know, because of the difference in game speed and the talent, um, you know, at, at the defensive level? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's extremely important that, and that's why when the NFL, they're trying to cut out preseason games. And I'm like, you know, and like, no, let's, let's keep them, you know, let's keep them. Let's, and so, I mean, we got, we have three this year, which is, uh, which is awesome. But yeah, the end game reps are so important to a quarterback just so you can really start to understand, you know, the different type of pressures and blitzes you're going to see because that's when your footwork is, is going to have to take over the game to, you know, just be able to slide, you know, a foot here or a couple of feet there or back up or step up in the pocket. I think those, uh, those, uh, those live game reps are really crucial for the quarterbacks confident to say, damn, oh, okay, I, I can play this game. I can start to slow the process and slow the game down to really go through my progressions and, and make these throws. So I think it's, uh, it's crucial for quarterbacks to really um, to get those, uh, those live game reps, you know, in the preseason. And, uh, you know, even if, if there's a, a game where, you know, Green Bay is, is, is way ahead, you know, to be able to put, you know, uh, your backup quarterback in there, you know, just to get him ready, you know, for an emergency situation. That's what everybody says. I mean, is is what makes him a great quarterback is that he's a gamer, you know, operating off instincts and just kind of letting it rip. I I don't know. Like I, I get it. You gotta you gotta sit. You gotta wait. You gotta learn. And, and he had coaches in his ear like all year, and he's running the scout team. It's like at some point I, for his development, it, you just yeah. got to get out and do it in the game. And and that's where he seems to shine when he can just kind of 
work off second and third reaction. I mean, is is that would you say that's a strength? I don't think we talked about that. Just him being a gamer and kind of yeah. freelancing out there when he has to. Yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, he's definitely um, uh, capable of you know going off script and 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 making throws and and um, extending plays with his legs, but um, but to 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 add a couple of more um, thoughts on the last question that I got about, you know, um, as far as uh, the Patrick Mahomes situation or even Aaron Rodgers situation where they had to sit and wait. Um, I, I go to, to the situation where Justin Herbert found out maybe 15 minutes before, Hey, Justin, get your helmet, man. You, you're about to start. Um, you know, we, we talked about We just about stabbed that. Tyrod in the ribs. <laughs> we stabbed him in the ribs. Hey, get ready to go. No one, nobody would have guessed Justin Herbert would have been that good, you know, if he didn't get thrown in the fire. Yeah. Hey, get your helmet. Let's go. You got to go play. So I think um, I love the fact that, you know, um, teams are playing these young guys early. I think, uh, you know, Trey Lance is going to have an opportunity to play early in San Francisco and, and Justin Fields. So I, I love the fact that, like, okay, let's just throw him in the fire. You know, because you can't simulate those reps in practice. You cannot. You know, guys are, you know, are trying to protect, you know, each other, you know, to protect teammates. And so they can, you know, be the, be the best they can possibly be on, on Sundays. So I like the fact that they throw the guys in early and, and, and get those uh, get those game reps. But hey, Steve, uh, could you tell me a little bit more about the business side of things? Uh, there's a lot of position coaches out there, a lot of guys out there doing what you do now. You're sort of in a booming industry. How do you differentiate your product when you're making pitches to, uh, to young talent? Well, um, I never, I never pitch. I don't, I don't go out and, and go after, you know, clientele like, Hey, this is what I do. Um, the best thing for me um, that's even better than social media is word of mouth. So if there's a if there's a young quarterback in Bakersfield um, that you know you know saw Jordan when he was home or he was you know I know he visited uh, one of his high school football games this past spring because here in California we we played in the spring. Um, if you know a, a parent or a young quarterback, hey Jordan, uh, who you train with? And he goes, you know, hey uh, I train with Steve Calhoun from Army Dangerous Football. You know he helped me. You know, get to where I'm at right now. You know, I think you should um, call him up and 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 follow the same blueprint that I that I use to help me get to to where I'm at. So, it's it's um it's definitely like you said a booming business, especially here in Southern California. It's pretty much a quarterback coach on almost every corner. Um, but so the business side of it is, I only can control what I can control. Um, I have a 15 year track record of doing what I'm doing. Um, I've had the uh, opportunity to work with a lot of good quarterbacks and, and been a small piece to, to their success. And I always say I'm, I'm a small piece of the puzzle. I'm never going to take credit because even though I can instill all the information um, of the quarterback, I mean, because I played quarterback for 32 years and I try to instill that to, to Jordan, he still has to go out and do it. You know, he still has to be able to go out there and, and, and take it and, and apply it and, and, and do that. So uh, hopefully I answered your question. Um, if, if I didn't, you know, you can, you know, ask me a follow-up question and hopefully I can answer a little bit more in detail. Yeah, that was pretty good. I do have a follow-up though. Uh, is there anybody out there that you feel like your, your coaching style is a match with somebody you wish you could have got your hands on and taken to that next level? Ooh. Um, 
You know, um, nothing off the top of, off, off the top of my head. Nobody off the top of my head where I would be like, oh, we, I would love to have worked with him. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I love having the opportunity to work with anybody that really crossed my path. You know, whether you know it's a Russell Wilson or you know just or even being. I have the unbelievable opportunity to work at the Manning Passing Academy every summer. So we, you know, they invite the 40 top college quarterbacks down there to be counselors, you know, uh, to the, to the 1500 high school kids that are down there every summer down there in Louisiana. And we have the opportunity to work those quarterbacks out, you know, once a day, just to kind of keep them sharp because once they leave the Manning Passing Academy, they, uh, you know, they got to get ready for uh, fall camp. So to be able to be around those guys and, and, and see them live and give them a coaching point here and there, you know, you know, you know, Joe Burrow was there when, when Jordan was there and, you know, Tua and, and Justin Herbert. So just to be around those guys and be able to give them a couple of coaching points, you know, pull them to the side and say, Hey, you know, uh, th- this might be able to help you. You know, I saw you struggling throwing, you know, that 12 yard speed out to your left and it was kind of selling high, Well, hey, you know, get your hips open, you know, so, to be able to, to, to do that, you know, I've been doing that the last seven years, and this is year eight for me coming up this summer in July. Um, it's it's an unbelievable opportunity to, to work with those guys. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I'm yeah. just sort of a nerd for that stuff. I work yeah. in communications and marketing, and I'm always trying to, like, sell these intangible things mm-hmm. uh, that people can't touch or feel, and it seems like uh, your line of work is kind of the same thing. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Appreciate the question. Steve, I'm wondering, um, that junior year, 2019, there was a lot of turnover. Uh, new new offensive coordinator, new head coach, almost entirely new personnel. Uh, as someone who interacted with Jordan, from how did he handle that mentally? Um, did he get down? Did he take it as an opportunity? Uh, where was his head at during that season? Um, he was... Um... He was a little frustrated um, going into that, as anybody would. Like, okay, man, I'm coming into you know my my pretty much my my fourth year. I got this offense down. Um, we got some seniors around me, and, and we can really make a splash in in, uh, in the conference. And, and they had a really good a um, uh, couple of non-conference games. Um, so he was a little bit frustrated with that, but he took that uh, that opportunity to say, hey, okay, if I'm as good as I think I am. Hey, put the whole team on my back. Let, let's go. Let me lead, you know, my Utah State team. And so I actually went to the game where Utah State played LSU, and it, it was it was a tough game. But as a as a coach, I wanted them um, to be like, okay, um, his star, his his best receiver, C.O.C. Mariner, went out, I think, early in the second quarter with a shoulder injury, and then their tight end, starting tight end, went out, you know, with a knee or something like that. And if I'm the coach and my best player is Jordan Love, I'm going to let him throw it 60 times for us to have a chance. And I was just hoping they would do that, but they were being conservative and just, you know, just throwing quick game. And LSU was just bringing the dogs and the, back, the safeties never even backpacked. They were just coming downhill because they were just dinking and dunking. And I would, I would, I wanted to see uh, them just to put, push all their chips to the middle of the table and say, hey, we got this quarterback that's supposed to be, you know, possibly high in the draft. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can really just take our team and against LSU and they had all these draft picks. And and let's, let's see, you know, the Jordan we see in practice, you know, just see him 
um, flourish in that atmosphere. You know, we're in Death Valley. It's a it's a noon kickoff. It's hot. Um, yeah, so that's the one thing I really wanted to see them do. But, you know, that was his mentality of, hey, you know, put it all on my shoulders. Let me um, let me lead my team. And that's the one thing. If he has that opportunity in Green Bay, I know he's going to have the same mindset and do the same thing. A quick follow-up, if you don't mind. Um, along those lines, I'm a Gopher fan as well as a Packer fan. What were your impressions of the OC, Mike Sanford, and as far as a play caller and, and a developer of quarterbacks, just briefly? You know, um, well, Coach Sanford, I mean, um, he's actually a, a good friend of mine because, I mean, his father is one of my mentors. <laughs> uh, Coach Sanford, I call him Coach Sanford. That's that's his dad. Um, he, uh, you know, funny thing is um, Coach Sanford, his uh, Mike's dad, recruited Rob Tanyan to Indiana State and also recruited one of my quarterbacks, Matt Adam, to Indiana State. And so that's when I got a chance to meet, you know, Coach Sanford, you know, Coach Sanford um, and, and met Mike and, and through that whole process. So it was tough for him to join the staff and they said, okay, we're not going to change the offense. Okay. Mike, you got to learn this offense. So that would be tough to do to try to, okay, learn an offense um, and be able to know all the, the nooks and the crannies and the ins and the outs to be able to be a great play caller. So I know that had to be some uh, frustrating um, uh, to do, you know, as a play caller, me being a a former offensive coordinator, you know, in high school and junior college, I I couldn't imagine like, okay, all right, I got to learn it. Okay. Um, But yeah, so just going back to that, um, I know that was a a tough thing for, you know, that staff. And I know for Mike just said, okay, Everybody, everybody on the team knows the offense, and now the coaches, you guys got to learn it. So I think there was a little bit of a learning curve, and it took a few games to kind of get everybody up to speed and on the same page, um, and then they started to roll. That's interesting, but I didn't know that. So he comes in, and it's like he, <laughs> even though he's a coordinator, he, he can't yeah. run his offense. And, I, yeah, that had to be such a weird dynamic for everybody. Huh. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Real quick, like one thought just kind of crossed my mind here, Steve. Like, like we're all wondering what the hell Jordan's thinking of, and like how mm-hmm. how is he dealing? Like, with the, I mean, this is the number one story in sports. I mean, all right. these by far. It's like, right. but I mean, and obviously, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But like, <laughs> I mean, there's probably a chance he kind of knows what Aaron's gonna do, right? They have the same agency. I mean, they get along and and everything. I, Aaron, maybe he did him that courtesy. Hey, Jordan, like this is this is what's gonna happen. Like, does he know how this is gonna all end? And we're just kind of like running around like chickens with our heads cut off. You know, um, I never talked to Jordan about well, one time um, we talked one time about everything that's going on right now, just once. I said, "How you doing? Like, what do you think about going? You know, everything's going on." He was like, "This is crazy," and I'm like, "Yeah." And uh, I said, all right, let's go. Grab your ball. Let's get to work. And that's it. You know what I mean? He, I'm sure his phone, you know, he's getting texts and getting tweeted at and DM. So I don't want to be that extra person in his ear. Um, if he wanted to talk to me about it, I, I, absolutely. Man, let's let's go grab some lunch. Let's go get some dinner. And let's just go talk it out, you know. Um, let's try to figure out the world's problems. But, uh, but besides that, we never talked about it at all. And if uh, – if Aaron, you know, I, I, you know, he's never told me that him and Aaron talked about this. I'm 
you know, I don't think Aaron would share something like that, yeah. you know, with Jordan. I think, you know, he's, you know, Aaron's a guy that's going to control what he's, you know, controlling and not share that with, you know, Jordan or anybody else. I think that's just, a, you know, him and his agents are, are working that out with the, with, uh, with the franchise, with, with Green Bay. And I'm sure they're going to come to a resolution. And I think Aaron will be back and, you know, he'll be the starter in 21. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because right. yeah. I, I guess part of me thinks he's dug in and he ain't going to change his mind. But, I mean, maybe yeah. there, there could be a resolution there, you think. That's just what yeah. you're predicting there. Yep, that's just what I'm predicting. Yeah. Sam, I see you up there. What's up? Yeah, so um, Steve, you mentioned multiple, you know, quarterbacks nowadays. They kind of get, um, they become starters earlier on in their careers. Whereas, you know, the trend was, but like back when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, was for to have them sit. Or I assume right. that was the trend. Um, what do you, what do you think is the reason behind someone like Deshaun Kaiser from a few years ago who started immediately, kind of struggled and never really got past that? Was it the situation, like the offensive line, the play calling, or was it something else? You know, the one thing about quarterbacks uh, that struggle, they go, oh, Deshaun Kaiser is terrible. But there are so many moving parts for a quarterback to play great. I mean, there's so many things. Um, and if you never played quarterback, um, I don't think you can really understand and, and, and be that armchair guy. Not you. I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about people in general. Um, so, I mean, there's so many factors why uh, Deshaun, you know, had some struggles you know, with the interceptions. You know, it could be um, maybe they didn't tailor the offense to his strengths. That's that could be a huge one right there. Like, OK, hey, this is our offense. OK, yeah, we know. And this is what we want you to execute, but maybe that's not his strengths. Maybe those are some of his weaknesses and, um, you know, maybe the offensive line and, and, you know, maybe just young receivers, you know, I can't really think back to, you know, the games where Deshaun um, actually played, but I actually trained Deshaun in high school. So I have a very good relationship with him. Um, but um, yeah, so, I mean, there's just so many factors that, that comes into uh, come into that. And so, but I like young guys playing early because, if they're not mentally tough and they have some adversity, you will know right away because they won't bounce back from it. But if you if they come back, you know, a week later and or two weeks later and, and start okay, start showing improvement and showing that grit of like, okay, I know, I know, you know, I was terrible a couple of weeks ago, but hey, you know, watch how I'm playing now. And that's when you know you have a great quarterback, when he's gonna fight through that adversity or if he doesn't have that success early and he starts to tank a little bit, then you know as well, then, you know, that's just kind of like it's, 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 it's black and white. It's black and white. Or it might take a little bit more time for him to develop. Maybe, you know, another year, maybe that second year he'll come back. But you just – it's such a I want this right now attitude from the NFL. You, we got to have it. We want guys, oh, you didn't play well, we're drafting a guy, you know, next year. And that's just kind of how the NFL – um, is so it's uh it's an interesting situation you know to play early or sit him. I mean that, that Browns offense versus this Packers offense. <laughs> you talk about two different situations for a yeah. quarterback. I think God that, that was right when they were in full tank mode too. I think they bring back Kenny Britt and he didn't even really want to be there. I'm probably I, they didn't have much there. Right. A little, little it'd be right. a little different for Jordan. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. Hey, Ty, I got a question um, for Steve. Uh, Steve, I guess this is different, uh, you know, as a fan, never having played a down of football, but um, I'm interested in the evolution of the game, um, you know, going out 20 years, uh, you're dealing with a lot of younger players. Are you, you know, I remember Deion Sanders with that quote, you know, making a business decision and, mm-hmm. um, you know, people maybe made fun of that 20 years ago, but when you're coaching young players, are you, are you kind of um, advising them to protect themselves more? I mean, um, or, you know, it's just, you know, to fight another day, you know, there was that ethos uh, where Ty uh, had this article uh, recently about Rob Johnson with the bills, just being that statue taking so many hits. Are, Are you telling your younger guys to, you know, make sure you don't take that big hit and also, um, do you see like high school sports and, you know, college and then maybe the pros, you know, kind of passing different rules where that protect, you know, you work with wide receivers, you know, and the, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers are the, are, you know, more and more who people come to see play. Do you see more protections for those guys where, you know, you can't, um, maybe even, you know, hit like a, a QB on the blind side or, 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 or that kind of thing. I just, I'm just wondering what you see kind of evolution wise, you know, going out 20 years, for example. Yeah. So to answer your first question, um, no, I never say, Hey, make a business decision, make the play that's there to make. Um, never, you know, say, Oh, well, God, I'm, I'm 19 for 19. Um, and I'm just going to take a sack to keep my hundred percent completion rate. Like, are you trying to win the game or not? It's that's it. Do you want to win or not? Um, so that uh, that answers the first question. No, I mean we're gonna we're gonna play as hard as we possibly can and and make every play. But and then to your second question is the rules have become more um, strict as far as hitting quarterbacks and and you you know hitting receivers low and defenseless receivers and all that stuff. Because just because of the um, um, the, the scoring, the amount of scoring that you know that fans want to see, and and um, uh, just exciting plays that you know um, I can't um, the, the the fantasy football thing. That's that's why I think the NFL has been listening to all these fantasy football you know owners and teams and like. Oh, okay. And, and it's just so much money. I mean, there's so many people playing for money now, you know, having fantasy football teams. And um, so hopefully the NFL is not listening to those guys and making those strict rules, you know, to protect quarterbacks. But it is, it does drive drive the game and the excitement of the game. Uh, me as a purist, of uh, just somebody who loves a, a football, I don't mind seeing 3-0. I mean, I love guys making defensive plays like, wow. And, and quarterbacks, I mean, it might just, you have to make one play in the game that turns it to possibly, you know, get a touchdown or get in field goal range to, to tie it up to go into overtime. I, I love that. Um, but that's just me. But, you know, the, the, the definitely the, the game has been changed since, you know, the Joe Montana's and, and, you know, I read that, I did read that article, you know, about Rob Johnson. He's, you know, he's a friend of mine, you know, we probably live about 20 minutes 
uh, um, from each other. And Get his out of dad, here. Wow. no, no, definitely. You know, his dad coached me, and I was I was playing you know football in Europe. And when I would come home, I would go out to Mission Viejo High School practices and doing their quarterback drills. He would let me jump in and train me. So you know, Bob Johnson and all you know, me and Brett played against each other in high school and. You know, so, I mean, I do have a relationship with those guys. So it was really cool reading that and just talking about the concussions and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, I do. I'm a little bit kind of torn because they do protect the quarterbacks and the receivers a little bit too much. Um, and I want to see, you know, because, I mean, quarterbacks are tough. <laughs> we are tough guys. And, you know, they protect quarterbacks so much, you know, you really don't get a chance to see them, uh, you know, take a hit and kind of bounce up. So, yeah. Man, I don't think people realize, like, Bob Johnson's imprint on the sport, too. Like, I didn't know that he really started Elite 11, you know, once upon a time. It's, it's crazy. Absolutely. It all comes, it Absolutely. all traces back to him, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. He was he was definitely an innovator. He was far, you know, far beyond his time coming up with, you know, quarterbacks. I know. Man, I just can't imagine what that family's going through with, with, with all of yeah. that. Oh my God. It's just, it's heartbreaking, but um, they, yeah. they, they got a really positive attitude about it. It sure seems. Absolutely. You know, just real quick. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys are, are, you guys are a fan of football, you know, but the passing of uh, Colt Brennan, you know, at 37 years old, I mean, I trained Colt for a couple of years and um, unbelievable, just person quarterback. That's one guy just the situation wasn't right when he got to Washington, but he was he would definitely have rewrote some records in the NFL since we are talking quarterbacks. And he was, you know, unorthodox. He was always like a cult, just at one time, just one time in this hour and a half workout, just come over the top. And he'd be like, all right, all right, Steve, and just throw a sidearm and be skipping rocks. But the ball's on the money, so I'm like, hey, you know, don't, why would I try to coach that out of him? You know what I mean? So that's uh, that was that was a tough loss, and God, so many people you know reached out to me and just were on Twitter. So yeah, so talking about you know concussions, you know he was in that bad, really bad car accident over in Hawaii. Um, so I'm not sure if they diagnosed it with concussions or whatever have you, but um, you know that's that'd be interesting. They still have not said what was the cause cause of of, of him passing. So I'm interested to find out, you know, what happened with that situation. So. Oh man, that's brutal. Yeah. I know we, got, we have a question here, but yeah, d- definitely. Like with with Colt, like I mean, it just you, you worked. With, what else was he like as as a guy, as a player? Um, that maybe people don't don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just telling a story the other day. I was talking to uh, Mackenzie Milton, who's uh, he's from he's from Hawaii. Um, he plays now at Florida State. He was at UCF. I'm going to be you know, uh, possibly training him for the draft. But we were talking and I was sharing the story with him. And I said, okay, the two years I trained Colt, he never came on time to a workout. N- n- never, not one time. And I used to change the time and he started trying to, he started figuring, I'm like, hey, hey Colt, we're throwing at 12 today. You know, even though the workout was at one and he would just show up at 1245 and be like, ah, oh, Steve, you, you can't imagine how big this dog was. I was just, it was in the middle of the street. You know, I couldn't drive around it. Now I wasn't going to run it over. He had so many unbelievable excuses. And he used to just be like, like the whole Hawaii, like, Steve, just, hey, hang loose, brother. Hey, brother, hang loose. Steve, we're going to get our work done. All the time he was late, though. And I was telling Mackenzie that the other day. So that brought a smile to my face, just like just like now. Just remember all those good times that we had and how good of a quarterback he was. So, yeah. Oh, my God. 
Cold Till, hit us. How you doing? Thanks. Uh, I've been listening the whole time. It's been great. Um, just kind of news of the day with Jawan James and now Deshaun Hamilton with getting injured off-site. How do you think that's going to affect now, you know, your business and then all the people that are working off-site now, uh, maybe at the urging of the Players Association beforehand, but now how how is this going to change now with people getting injured and maybe getting their, their contracts canceled because of it off-site? Um. Wow, that's that's a really good question. Um, I think it's um, – I don't think the NFL is going to step in and, and, and tell guys, hey, you can't work off, you know, in the offseason. I think so many guys make really good gains in the offseason working with their, their private coaches or their, their speed trainers or their, you know, strength and conditioning guys. I think guys, you know, it, it really helps the team. You know, guys are not out here – you know, um, um, you know, skateboarding or, or jet skiing, you know, behind speed boats or whatever. Like if they start getting hurt like that, like, oh, okay. All right, guys, we got to calm that down. But if guys are actually, you know, working on their craft and it just like a free thing happens, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we're out here. Um, yeah. I mean, a year, year and a half ago and, you know, myself and, you know, I'm working out with Keenan Allen and those receivers and Derwin James, you know, is out there working out with us. And, you know, he's having an unbelievable offseason. I mean, it was great. He's moving around. We're just like, wow, okay, Derwin's going to be good. And he gets into, you know, practice, you know, you know, a non-contact drill, just plants and, bam, just tears, you know, tears his knee up. We're just like, yeah. So, I mean, you really can't, you know, determine, you know, when that's going to happen or if it's something, you know, guys are doing in the offseason. I don't – I truly believe I don't think the NFL is going to step in. Um, to tell guys not to work out with, you know, you know, offsite or, you know, I really don't think it's going to affect my business. Um, I hope not. I'm sorry. That's my guy, Felipe Franks. He's, uh, he's at, uh, many, uh, uh, I'm going to answer real quick. Okay. All right. Hey man. man, I had had a great time. That was awesome. I had a good first practice. At the Atlanta Falcons, um, yeah. So he's in rookie minicamp right now, so I can't wait to to hear. But uh, I got I got a couple more minutes because I do need to answer that call. Um, um, hopefully, I was answered. You know, I'll take a couple more questions. So, hey, I've got one more, if I could. Um, yeah. I'm just wondering. So you talked a little bit about quarterbacks not being ready sometimes. The rookies when they first get into the league. Um, I'm just wondering. I've I've heard a lot of chatter that. Um, Jordan Love is not ready, which I'm sure you would disagree with. Um, right. I'm just wondering, what would you say you think his biggest challenges will be making that transition into the NFL? I know you talked a little bit about the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, how are his his, you know, his nerves, his mental game, his instincts? Those are all really important when you get thrown into that fast-paced environment. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think his biggest challenge is going to be getting in the game? Um, I think the biggest challenge is just the, the not knowing of okay, how is it being in a live game? But again, I think he's gonna he's gonna excel. He's gonna do well because he was you know practicing against you know the first team defense. So it's not gonna be like, oh my God, I've never seen you know an NFL defense before. 
And, you know, and they're working on, you know, their different blitzes and their fire zones and all that stuff they're going to be doing against, you know, Detroit and Chicago and the Vikings. So, I mean, he's seen a lot in a year, you know, and going, you know, getting those extra weeks of practice when they were, you know, I mean, because they went to the NFC championship game. So all those reps that he took during practice, even though his scout team and his wooden um, his offense, I think he, you know, that prepared him kind of, uh, I would use the term hardened his shell a little bit, or maybe it made his, made his, uh, his, his hands a little rougher and not that those baby soft hands, if you can work with me right there. But, uh, so I think he will, he'll be okay. He'll, he'll be fine. He'll definitely, um, I know he's looking forward to the challenge, but definitely just not knowing of, man, okay, art right, playing in front of the, you know, home fans and, um, really, you know, um, taking, having the full playbook, uh, that I have to run, like th- that part right there, like, okay, I'm not running, you know, um, scout team cards. I'm actually, you know, running our, running our offense that coach LaFleur is calling for us. Um, so I think, you know, he's gonna, uh, I know they've been doing Zoom meetings and he's been, you know, getting better, working at it every day. He works at it every day. There's not a day that he does not go by where he's not in the playbook. And if he has questions, he's calling the coaches and and getting those answers because he wants to be, you know, prepared, um, be the most prepared person, you know, in the the locker room and in that quarterback room. That's great news. Are you going to be there for one of those preseason games? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't miss it. Would not miss it. Steve, that was awesome, man. God, we can't thank you enough for – hanging out with us for an hour that was that was phenomenal thanks for giving us a look at yeah the guy that we don't you know most people don't know anything about so yeah well yeah. uh hopefully hey, we have to do all this over again you know if, you know, if he plays in a couple of preseason games we're you know call me back up and let's just get going again <laughs> i want to hear you guys criticism and and, and praise you know <laughs> absolutely man that Hey, well, he'll be starting this year, so you know we'll we'll speak it into existence. And, you know, take your two first, take your two second, get all you know, get everything you can now for Aaron. So that's me saying. That. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you say that, brother. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm staying out of the way. I'm keeping my head down. Because <laughs> if I said anything crazy, Jordan would be calling like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you getting there?" So I'm always watching what I say, and uh, I never want to put words in his mouth. So I'm just gonna be a good soldier and and and. Um, definitely answer you guys' questions and, and just answer the questions that, you know, that, that, that me and him interact with. That's what I, I, I can't answer those questions. I can't answer anything about the future and how he's going to play. So. Well, that was fantastic and, and great, great stuff, everyone. Thanks so much for, yeah, you know, all the great absolutely. questions too. That was, that was awesome. Uh, no, I appreciate you having me on man. Really, Anytime, yeah. man. Open invite. If you just want to bullshit with us, just let us know. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. You guys have a great weekend, and I look forward to seeing you guys at a Green Bay game through the little tailgate. <laughs> That's what we got to do. Too. Go long tailgate at Lambo. Done. There you go. Done deal. All right, you guys enjoy your weekend. Thanks for having me on again. Hey, thank you, Steve. We'll see you, man. All right, bye bye.